Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast, The Dominique Foxworth Show. Twice a week, Dominique brings you his unique perspective on football, the personalities surrounding it, and just about anything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out The Dominique Foxworth Show wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get this podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Chilling, man. I got I to gotta update the language in that thing, man, because we ain't talked about football in months. I, I talk about what's interesting, and I'm not going to lie to y'all and pretend like football is interesting right now. Me and Charlie did a deep dive basketball history conversation around Wimby, and, uh, and he came out with a, a Jokic take that I think you'll appreciate. But anyway. Yeah, they pigeonholing you, dog. They pigeonholing <laughs> you. They trying to. They trying to. I can't. I mean, I get why people would uh, associate me with football. That's fine. But I can't lie to y'all. Yeah. I ain't no way I can make football interesting right now. <laughs> Let me tell you this, though, boy, this ESPN and this America and this the NFL. For all I know, whoever reads the right time promo, that they be talking about football every week, too. I'm surprised. They're like, yo, we, we got a great podcast for you. The CJ McCollum show. CJ's from Ohio, and they love football there. Yeah, y'all do love football. That's that's fair. I should probably leave the promo the same, and they just get there and be hopefully pleasantly surprised but look man i get them emails that let us know the list of numbers like mm-hmm. with every every month as it goes by boy that february number man that's the one i be telling people that february <laughs> yeah, number that's the, yeah. the, that's, that's the one i let them know about Super then it just take a little the, the month by months be going down year by year we still going up the month man. by months Still going I, down. I, I don't know how we're going to do if we are ever going to do any baseball. I don't know how we're going to do that because there comes a period in the sports calendar where ain't nothing popping but baseball. Yeah. We're going to talk about football. Well, look, we got a lot also. We're going to talk some NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about Big Vic. We got all of those things. But I want to hit on what you talk about right there. Um, And the problem with covering baseball as the way we look at everything has just become more nationalized and more standardized. Baseball is meant to be consumed watching one team, 162 games, right? Like you watch that one team and you learn the whole league by watching that one team. When I was little, I knew everybody that played baseball just by watching one team because you got to watch so much in the three-game series. You saw those evolutions and everything else. Problem for baseball is the one month that really it got to itself is July, and it's the month that don't nobody care about. (laughs) that's it it's nice we out we going to check out new places we doing all types of stuff yeah wearing wearing, uh the hoochie daddy shorts that's right (laughs) but see dominic you not like you a vet in this now but you're not like a super vet in this and the game has changed a little bit but what we used to do in july like after you get past uh nba free agency and go through all of that stuff then you just sit around and turn on that police scanner (laughs) you just wait on somebody to get arrested It used to be you get two, three good ones every summer. Somebody was out here getting popped. It's funny how, it, uh, depending on your occupation, it changed your perspective on the news. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Some people woke up when COVID hit, like, yes, them, them Lysol people was <laughs> celebrating. They're like, COVID? Ooh, you know it's on your groceries, right? <laughs> That's how uh, that, that summer radio host was like, uh huh. Who got popped? Yes. Somebody got to have some weed on them somewhere in this country. Get them. Yeah, it seems like cats don't, at least the cats that we heard of, they don't really be getting popped like that no more. And I just need to get popped for like misdemeanors, right? Because when they get popped for something real bad, then we got to have a macro level discussion that I have much more energy for in my late 20s and early 30s than I have right now. You know what I mean? I, as guy who's good at talking about important stuff, man, I still get exhausted. Like I remember when that Joe Paterno thing went down, and it was like a solid month where you were going to do it around the horn. And it was Joe Paterno at the top, Joe Paterno at the top, Joe Paterno at the top. And it was just like, hey, man, I just I just don't know how much harder I can go to tell y'all that I vehemently oppose child molestation. <laughs> you know how many times I heard the phrase 
the worst thing you can do is touch a little boy. Not a kid, not a kid, a little boy. It was always a little boy. <laughs> and I was just like, man, come on. Something else got to happen, man. Something else got to happen. Yeah, I got to ask you what's next, because I feel like on this track, I'm on a similar kind of trajectory where I'm just coming out of that point where like, I was excited every time I got to talk about something real, mm-hmm. something substantive. And now I'm getting to that point where I'm like, Y'all gonna have to call somebody else. I'm exhausted. I don't feel like talking about black today. I do, I do not feel like talking about the history of racism in this country. I don't feel like talking about Dan Snyder's gross ass. Like, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> yeah, it's, and what you learn how to do is jokes. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a delicate, delicate balance on the jokes, right? Like, I have figured out how to find some of those spaces where we can just there's got to be another way. There's got to be another angle. There's got to be another thing, right? Yeah. And that's people trying to go that way with John Morant, and I just feel like they're getting it all wrong right now. <laughs> I really, really do. I haven't heard it. So people are trying to – I mean, the the first was like, your, your gun too small. We went through that cycle. Oh, no, now, we got to – not the jokes. But oh, okay. I, it's the people trying to make it a little too serious. Okay. Yeah. Right? It is basically fighting your enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I saw JJ on first take. You see that where he said the thing about the pervasiveness of gun culture and everything else. And why is it that we're not talking about that? Which I think is a good point. Except. Them people that take their Christmas cards with the guns, they work for people who also take Christmas card pictures yeah. with the guns. Yeah. John Morant does not work for those people. Yeah. I hate to do this to jj and people like jj who believe themselves to be allies in this moment but that ain't nothing but what about ism yeah that ain't nothing but what about ism and i call out what about ism when i'm talking about racism and y'all be like but what about this group like so that ain't what we talking about that right. ain't nothing but what about ism and so like culture matters circumstances matter and to me that's what it comes down to is yeah they do that that's something that we as a country have accepted and the people that they're talking to appreciate at no point have any of us in this country accepted that basketball players should wave guns around on IG Live. Is it a double standard? Yeah. But is it also like there's a, a time and a place like there's you get a double fine if you speed and pass the school zone. It's about like the place you are. So, yeah, technically it's the same offense. You speed and pass the school zone or you just speeding in the street. But. We understand that if you do it in this area, it's worse. So, like, I'm with you, JJ. I'd love to get to a point where all of us can live in harmony and do the same things and be celebrated. But that ain't where we are. And if John Morant, and this is the point where I think the pushback on that is, and this is the pushback I would make, is you should speak to the broken system, not to the person who's being, like, exploited in this broken system. Okay, I'm fine with that. But if you are trying to, let's say that John ja Morant is actually doing some big social commentary. Well, ain't nobody ever like taken down a big social construct without some pain that comes along with it. Yep. So we can't expect if this is what you're doing. And I don't think that this is what John ja Morant is doing. But let's say this is a long play that he is trying to expose the hypocrisy in this nation. Well, you know what comes with that? Some criticism. <laughs> yeah, that's the aim. That hammer coming too, boy. And the hammer coming, because the thing y'all got to understand about Adam Silver, I had somebody, you know, probably in the NBA tell me about this with the players. He's like, you guys need to be really glad that you have a commissioner who really cares about you guys as people. You know, like that is, Adam is not dishonest in that. Like when he talks about his concerns about players being unhappy and everything else, like this is not David Stern who came down with the hammer at every turn just to make sure that you knew he meant business. And by the way, I think David Stern overall had positive opinions of his players, but he also understood the world that he lived in and what he was trying to navigate. John Moran went up there and told Adam Silver, it's all good, baby. I was just tripping. And they came out here and did it again. Can you imagine how upset Adam Silver had to be when he saw that? I mean, maybe he, maybe, maybe Adam Silver is like more compassionate and he thinks like, I can't imagine what pain he must be feeling to have him do this again. That's the best case scenario. What actually Adam Silver is thinking, my guess is this mother. 
Because <laughs> that's what I would be thinking. Like, man, we got through that. We tap danced through those raindrops together. We avoided it. You played in the playoffs. They running your commercials. Your shoes is selling again. We good, baby. You America's number one star. You about to blow up. We did it. You did a bunch of dumb shit. You messing with guns and ain't nobody get shot. You messing with guns and you had an eight-day suspension and we all good. Like, we we good. Yeah. And then you're going to go in the summertime and it's not even like you are in an altercation. This is a completely unforced error. You turned around and kicked on your own goal just for yep. no reason. Just turned yep. around and kicked on your own goal. So I, I'm sure Adam is frustrated and annoyed and pissed off because I would be, I am, <laughs> I don't have nothing to do with it. Like on his behalf. And I think one of the hard things for me is like, I talk about on here and everywhere about how much of a union man I am and how much I believe that there should be some standardized uh, punishment. And when they go outside of those standardized, standardized rules, standardized rules, it makes me nervous because that is giving too much power to Adam Silver. And no matter how progressive you think Adam Silver is, I know who he worked for. And I know when it come down to the come down, you look at that CBA, it don't look like Adam Silver cared too much about y'all <laughs> when it's CBA time. So he, I agree that he does care about the players, but in his hierarchy of like things that are important, the players are below the owners. Yeah. So Anyway, I, I just yeah. it frustrates me because I, I don't feel comfortable saying that they should throw the book at him. But I also am like, what else are you supposed to do? Well, I think that you can make two statements here, right? I do feel somewhat comfortable saying they should throw the book at him. Because if I were running the NBA, I would throw the book at him. And this is what David Stern would do. And I get it. And I don't necessarily think it's wrong. Okay. David Stern will put a punishment on him, knowing damn well that that punishment would not withstand arbitration. But the arbitrator going to have to go work that out. Right. Right. We, we'll deal with that part later. But everybody going to find out. That's right. You choked the coach. You you out. You out. It indefinitely, indubitably, till whenever. And if the courts say you can come back, fine. But for right now, look, he went from suspending Vernon Maxwell 10 games for going up in that crowd to nine years later suspending Ron Artest for the rest of the year for the same thing. It was like, we'll work this out later. Yeah, But for right now, this is what we got to do. I don't disagree with you at all. And I wouldn't begrudge David Stern or um, Adam Silver or, well, David Stern, RIP, but uh, Adam Silver at this point for doing that. But it's our responsibility to push back. like. There's uh, there is a or there should be some sort of due process, because I, I guess I just get very scared about unchecked power. And yes. I've been in a, a world in sports where we thought that we were having a problem with too many guys getting arrested. And we had a meeting, se- several meetings with the commissioner. And we were like, yeah, go ahead. Get them boys. Yeah. And then he was getting them boys. <laughs> that he continued to get them boys. And then we was like, no, 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 no. Not now. Not like that. And he's like, I already got the power. The precedent has been set. Y'all can complain if you want to. So that's what I fear. So, yeah, go ahead, Silver. Big fine. But the union needs to fight. They just yeah, exactly. To. We're on the same page there. Yeah. Everybody need to play the game the way the game needs <laughs> exactly. to be played. And the union's game is to push back. I don't care if they find him $500. The union's supposed to come back and be like, exactly. what about 250 <laughs> Yeah, you that's know? what y'all here for. It's like a defense yeah. attorney. Yes, that's the job. You yeah. fight. You fight. If it's a lie, then we <laughs> fight on that lie, right? Like, like this is uh-huh. the, the, the players' union is the only union in the world that people think it's supposed to be like, all right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there's, there's no other union when it came to steroids and everything else. The players was the only ones that people were coming to talk about. you supposed to just be like, no, that, that is not what you're supposed to do. You are supposed to be any other union, which is like being a black mother. Which yes. I, I, it's like you go into that classroom, like I saw your son doing this, that, and the other. My wife, I've seen, <laughs> and my mother, I, I've seen with my brother. They go in there and fight tooth and nail. No, nah, that ain't what happened. I don't believe it. It may be different when we get home, but in that particular room, they got your back no matter what your see, stupid ass did. See, that's interesting because my mother, I assume she had my back, but not in that form. <laughs> <laughs> right my mama had my long educator. run yeah she had my long run back she had my developed middle back 
But uh, yeah, like it'd be amazing. Parents, I know my son didn't do that. You don't know that boy, do you? <laughs> like, 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 like. Have you ever talked to this young man before? Nah, they know, but it's a because the conversation, like I mentioned with my brother, I saw it a ton of times. Where it's in there, is is hot and heated. It's defending him. It's taking in the the story that you're hearing, and you stand as close to him as you can. By the time we in that car, though, hooks are being thrown. You embarrass me. Who told you? We don't do that at home. That ain't how we act. Don't you go in there with that no more. It is an entirely different story once you get out that office, so to speak. That, that boy going back to apologize for something his mama swore <laughs> up and down that he did not do. Oh, it's happened so many times. It's happened so many times. <laughs> so with John, I talked to somebody that knows him fairly well. Mm-hmm. And they said that his outlook and where it turns problematic is... He operate under the premise like this. I know that boy may may have taken some licks as a youngster. Mm-hmm. He operate on the you get in trouble, something happens, life goes all principle, right? And that reminds me, my brother would talk about when he was growing up, and he and my sister are three years apart. I'm much younger than them, and before my mama would go to work, she put a list of tasks on the uh, refrigerator. And she mark them, T-L-T-L, T-R-E Lamoba, T-R-E Lamoba. One for them to do, you know, for them to get mm-hmm. done. My brother wake up, look at that list. Well, guess it's a whooping today. <laughs> that is a and, scary And place then move on. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're willing to pay the price. Right. And see, that's <laughs> the problem. What you got to do that's willing to pay the price, the price got to go up. <laughs> like, this is a market dynamic. Once the streets say they willing to pay this price, then we gonna need to charge a little bit more. Oh my gosh, that's the that's the um, conversation that I always want to have with white people who are mad that they can't say the n word. Yes. You can. Oh yeah, you just gotta pay the price if you <laughs> if that word is that important to you to be able to say. By all means, maybe there is no price for you. There are plenty of white people who say it and don't pay nothing. But if you have a job or a career or a lifestyle, uh, or if you if you say the word in the wrong setting. There might be a price to pay. Hey, man, did I tell you about that time a couple years ago? I saw some white man say the N-word at Hartsfield Jackson International Airport in Atlanta. Not Hartsville. <laughs> no, in Hartsville, I was catching a connecting flight because I was going to Baton Rouge. I can't remember. It must have been a, it wasn't a family reunion, but I can't remember what it was, but I had to fly to Baton Rouge, right? And so some white man, I don't know what came up because I pulled up late on it. And he said it with a flourish. Like, he must have been drunk. He said it with a flourish. He's like, because you're an N-word. Bruh, some dude who was at the gate, just a dude, was trying to come at him. Right? But it was some soldiers, because it's always some soldiers. Yeah. Passed through Hartsfield. So it was some soldiers, and they pushed him back. And the dude just kept talking and kept going. And another dude tried to go. Like, Katz was really trying to get at him. In this airport, like not even the people, the person he was talking to. Yeah, of course not. That's something that you don't take into account is that once you say that word, it goes from an altercation between me and you to like anybody's earshot is liable to participate. All the black people become married at that moment. Right. Like, (laughs) like, like this don't involve you. No, it involves all of us. Right. And so he keeps going at it. He keeps trying to go for it. He keeps trying to do it. And people keep trying to come at him. But there's different soldiers that pushed the dude back and I'm just sticking around and watching. Right. Yeah. So he walk away and I decide I just kind of want to follow him and see where he go. He winds up going to the Hudson news or whichever one of them newsstands it was. And you know, it's Atlanta, man. I ain't seen a white person with a name tag in that airport. Not once. No. Right. Uh, he go to complain to them about what's happening and how these people was trying to fight him and everything else. And they like, Oh, poor baby. Like it was, you know, it yeah. was them, them black women. Right. Yeah. And I just look it in the back and I look up and I say, ask him what he did. <laughs> and they're like, what you do? And he get to stammer it. And I'm like, he called somebody the N-word a couple of times. And they were like, he did what? <laughs> and he starts stammering, trying to explain. And I walk away. And I always say the capper of it to like let you know that this is Hartsfield International Airport. I get to the escalator and some dude got a speaker and a saxophone and he play a mask off when it was out. That's outstanding. Like, 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 like it was, like it was hot when it was the thing. And look, think about this for a second. You ever seen anybody fight at the airport? You know how mad somebody got to be to fight at the airport? People do not fight at the airport. The only person I've seen get into a fight at the airport. 
Adam, Pac-Man, Jones. Oh, I remember that video. Yeah, I remember that, that video. Hartsfield International Airport. It's <laughs> for whatever reason that dude decided he wanted to fight Pac-Man. The Pac-Man whooped his ass and didn't drop his Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's some athletes that are just special. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine a worse place because while people don't want to fight at the airport, that is a place that is full of tension. And I can't think of a blacker airport and an airport that is always full of tension because it's like a hub where people are there stressed out. I cannot. I think that this man, you know how some people try to do suicide by cop? Yes. <laughs> I think this man was trying to be suicide by Negro in the yes. Hartfield Airport. He was like, where can I go to commit suicide? Let me go in the middle of Hartsfield Jackson and start throwing around hard R's. <laughs> yo, I just, I was just like, yo, what are you doing right now? And it, and like, whatever they, they back and forth was that led to it, that white man was too composed. Like, he didn't lose control and do it. Yeah. He was like, Look what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, you must be able to scrap. Mm-mm-mm. More than that. Like, that is, I can't imagine the amount. Because I've never in my life, like, I'm not, like, a aggressive guy. Like, football, whatever. That's one thing. But, like, I ain't looking for fights in real life. Yeah. I can't imagine saying something that I knew is going to lead to a potential ass whooping like that. Like, I just... I, I don't have that disposition. I'm normally trying to <laughs> remove myself from that, or I don't have that confidence. That's like, you know what? I'm in a place that got probably 15,000 black people, many of them with nothing to lose. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just going to start throwing around hard R's. Like I, the, the white cloak that he must have, a protection that he must have thought he had around him, man. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Hey, man. uh, Shout out to your boy, Big Vic, a.k.a. I decided I'm going to call him Le Slim because you know he would be slim if he stepped out on the floor. And uh, Big Slim going to San Antonio. And I just want to remind something that people my age learned in the early 90s that a lot of y'all don't really know. San Antonio is just like Compton. Good for Big Slim, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, Big Slim. I mean, I can't think of a less inter- I mean, other than like Oklahoma City. I can't yeah. think of a less entertaining place that I would want to be than San Antonio if I'm Big Slim. But some tell me Big Slim going to be in Austin all the time. Yeah, and I don't know. I think the... While the world has changed in a bunch of different ways, I still think being in a big city matters. However, I don't think he's going to have too much trouble finding the entertainment or whatever that he is He'll looking for. He'll be wherever for. he at. Yeah, it's going to be wherever he at. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, though, like, one of the great things, and, like, I never have been, like, super famous, but you don't even have to be super famous when you seven damn five. <laughs> like, he can't creep. Like, I, I remember, like, being able to, like, go to an apartment complex at three in the morning and slip in there. No, there's no creeping for Big Slim. Everybody got to come to you. <laughs> there's no, you can't be in a party. You walk in a party, as soon as you walk in the door, even if people don't know that you play basketball, they're going to remember that night that the seven foot five mother walked into the yes. party. In, yeah. in San Antonio? Dude. He just walking in to walk out <laughs> like like this big slims game right here. Yeah, 
He just he just putting up the longest finger you've ever seen. And be like strategy. Come here. Yep. Yep. Who wants to sex Mutombo? Never tell you about when we had Alonzo Mourning on HQ. We asked him about that. Yeah. It is very clear to me that Alonzo Mourning has nothing to do with the internet because he had no idea that anybody knew this about Mutombo. Like he was clueless that all of us were up on Mutombo's who wants to sex Mutombo live. That's the funny thing. One of my friends was, is that sounds like something that wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. But obviously, one of my friends uh, was on all the dating sites, and he said that he uses a a sorting mechanism. And when you hear it at first, it sounds ridiculous, but it's actually quite genius. He was like, he likes every picture that he gets, and then he sends everyone the same message, which is uh, kind of graphic, and it just sends it right away. And then he said that. Uh, most people ignore it, or some people say you're disgusted. But three out of every ten say watermelon, <laughs> and that he is already at the finish line. I had a I had a dude I went to high school with who told me that same exact thing because his, <laughs> his 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 game was very very similar, which is, had to be extra shocking because we were in high school, okay? <laughs> yeah. And he threw that out with everybody. And I remember I said to him because he's like a couple years. I mean. He's a couple years older than me. It was readily apparent from the 415s in his trunk and the rims on his car that he sold some level of dope. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was all clear. He and I were not the same, right? Yeah. He always had his the fresh cut, the parts was always right. Like, and we was in a little small town. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, and he was it's always the dude from Houston, right? Like the dude that moves up from Houston. Yeah. So he's in school in this little small town. And I remember I got him a job with me at Fud Ruckers because he also always understood he needed to have some money on the books mm-hmm. and he was going to be doing this other stuff. And he said, hey, because I witnessed him in action. The story takes too long, but people who know yeah. me know the story. And he just said, that works. He did not care about the ones for whom it did not work. He was only concerned the ones with whom it did work as despicable as it may sound it's better than some of my other homeboys who would lie that's what i'm saying who would I prefer lie. that to the lie and they'd be like yeah we're gonna be together girl it's gonna be forever i never understood that it was like like athletes too where i was shocked i was i was somewhere between both of those uh <laughs> things where it's like i ain't gonna lie to you but I ain't just going to treat you like right. this is a transaction. But he, some of my boys just lie and lie and lie and then just, just, just ghost them after they have reached their goal. Now that is despicable. Yeah. I'd rather somebody just come in on day one like, hey, yes, this is the deal. You good? You're not good? Yeah. All right, bye. Man, one of my partners told this girl he was going to take her to Israel. I'm like, hey, your <laughs> black ass ain't going to no Israel. And let me tell you what you're not about to do when you get to Israel. Walk around with her and just think it's all going to be sweet. Oh, gosh. Israel, what about there's a completely unrelated story that I can't forget. So uh, business school, they would go on a bunch of trips. I never went on these trips. Like it was a bunch of different trips. So it was a bunch of different places. But Israel was one of the places. And so there's a very it's a big class of 900 people and like half of them are international. So there's lots of accents and stuff. And there was a, a kid named Giuseppe. And then there was a couple other guys from Argentina. So they're all in Israel. Um, we started Nick. We nicknamed Giuseppe Juice. So we in class in in Massachusetts. Hey, what up, Juice? Juice, Juice, do this. Juice, do that. Oh, I see where yeah. this is going. We in Israel, Argentinian guy across the street sees, and I'm not there. I, I'm hearing this story secondhand. He sees Juice across the street. He's Argentinian with an accent in Israel, pointing because he saw his homeboy. Juice, Juice, Juice. Juice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the end of that story, but I know they all got back to class, so it ended okay. And so, like, and I don't know how. Yeah, the, the complexion of the Argentinian guy. That's the Jerry, it's the like, Jerry Judy situation, right? Like Jerry Judy gonna have to have a new nickname. Look, man, one of my very, very good friends, one of my best friends in the world, my man Che, right? C H E. And he came with me, he stayed with me in Miami once during our basil. And I was like, yo, you come check out the show. So I brought him to the studio. And as we go into the studio and as I'm walking up the steps and remembering who I work with, I stop and turn around to him and say, you're going by your middle name today. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> they they yeah, really they the, the 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 spirit of the revolution uh, is not present in this room. We just gonna have to call you something else. And I felt real bad about that, but I really didn't feel like I had no other choice. Yeah, you you didn't. Uh, do you guys have to do like Spanish names when you did? Uh, like you took Spanish in, in like high school and stuff. Did they give you a Spanish name? Yeah, I didn't take Spanish, but they did okay. that. Yeah, yeah. So I was Fidel. I was like, y'all should have took that off the list. I didn't know. I didn't choose. They just assigned me Fidel in um, uh, the eighth grade. Fortunately, I was in Baltimore and nobody knew. But I imagine in, in Miami, the Spanish class. Well, they probably don't even need Spanish classes in much of Miami. But the Spanish classes down there, that is a name that is unacceptable. No, no, no. There ain't no, like I say, ain't no, ain't no Adolfs left. Right? Like yeah. we, we stopped rolling off those Adolfs. That one, that name got encompassed. That is that's fair. That was that is like we had that conversation before about names that we we have taken. We just gentrified certain names. This is ours now. There are certain names that if you name your child this, you are sending a message. Yes. You're telling us something. Yeah. If it ain't a junior, mm-hmm. like like a young Dolph, rest in peace. That yeah. was that was that was where he was. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, nah, we're not doing this. I want to hit this while we're here before I forget about it, because we had the Heat and the Celtics play on Wednesday night. And I find that football players like their basketball somewhat similar to I in the way that I do in the sense that just watching Jimmy do this sheer force of will thing, how could you not love it? That ain't football players. That's called being a decent human. <laughs> Who does not appreciate that? Like, just, I, no, I'm not going to let you. I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find me a damn way. It is that that's the essence of like all great sports movies and sports stories. It's like, nah, you're not supposed to. You're not good enough. You're not big enough. You're not drafted high enough. I don't care. Watch me. And it's fun. And you know what makes it even easier is that uh, Mike, oh, young Mike over there put Peyton Pritchett in the game for long stretches for who for what <laughs> and Jimmy just just looking for ways to get that switch and then then it doesn't get as hard look the the thing about it is the heat and this is why this team works for Jimmy I was watching some video that he had and one thing that is fascinating about Jimmy Butler is most guys like him who kind of came off the beaten path and then get to where they are basically you're of the belief that y'all was sleeping on me Right. Y'all ain't know what I had to bring. And now now I'm showing y'all. No, Jimmy's like, I was terrible. He says, when I got to Marquette, I couldn't even dribble like he has all these things. And so as a result. He does not care about why it is that you ain't good at something, because he firmly believes that you can just work hard enough and do it because. He does not believe that he, his old six, seven ass, thinks that yeah. he was not good and thereby he made himself good. Like, I know that was his frustration with Joakim. No, he's like, yo, why don't you just get better at offense? Because Jimmy just thinks that you could go out here and do it. And so I don't know if anybody else is better equipped to play with these regular dudes that they got him out here with and they just standing out there making wide open three pointers, working hard and making it happen. Does Jimmy have kids? Because that seems like that general so. perspective is tough. But maybe he's even more compassionate with his children. But yeah, that that idea that it's it's a dangerous thought. I made it. So can you. Like that is at the core of a lot of foolish uh, legislation and opinions in this country. Jimmy, yeah, you're a special case. It's like saying because Hove is a billionaire that everyone should try to sell drugs when they're young. Right. Like you could do it too. Just sell you just sell your way out and then well, then be a transcendent rapper. Yeah, well, it's like when people try to get me to go talk to some hard scrabble Afro-American youth so they, can, so they can look at me and be like, if you can do it, so can you. No, 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 no. I played a completely different game uh, than these kids are. My mama would never let me go to this school. Like, y'all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't look these people in the face and tell them that just because I did it. Like, even kids in the business, they'd be like, yo, I just want to know how you did it, so maybe I could do the same thing. I'm like, nah, partner, this ain't, this plan isn't going to work. Like, it might work for you, yeah. but in these three minutes that I've been talking to you, nothing has made me think that the bow plan is the yo plan. That's yeah. not, that's not going to be it, but Jimmy's in the perfect place where the grind is like that. Like, I tell you this, 
if Jimmy played for the Celtics, I bet them dudes will play a lot more consistently. Yeah. I mean, if you, to be fair, if you look at that roster, it feels like a lot of guys was on the Jimmy plan. Like, <laughs> and they are all just through sheer force of will, all of a sudden, 50% three-point shooters out of nowhere and playing great defense. And, like, none of these guys, including Jimmy, they got a roster full of guys that ain't supposed to be there. Like, Kevin Love, uh, give him 17 minutes, and he is the guy on that whole roster, I guess. But yeah, I guess I'm Bam, Kentucky. But yeah. other than that, nobody on that roster is supposed to be there. Nah, but I'm looking at Boston, and in game one, there go Jason Tatum again. And my criticism of Jason Tatum is that he takes hard shots. He was out there late in that game taking no shots. And we got to treat him the same as Embiid. When Embiid was out there complaining he didn't get no shots those last four minutes, I ain't see him asking to get the ball neither. Like, at some point, if you are Jason Tatum, you got to look at them dudes and be like, will you stop playing and give me the ball if you that dude? It's funny that, like, the criticism you have of, and it's a good criticism that I heard from you about the Kobe system, guys, is they want to take hard shots. However... The good thing about the Kobe system is you want that ball. You want to be the hero. And you take what comes from it. Yeah, and you go and you ask for it. If if your teammates think you're an asshole, they think you're an asshole. If the fans are like, why are you shooting every time you ain't hit one in forever? Like, the Kobe system mentality is why he was able to go off in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, Was that game six? Yeah. Uh, Last series when he was terrible in the previous several, several quarters. Like, that's the mentality. And he also was going to the basket then and taking the hard shots. That's the mentality. So, like, I, I'm at this very big age of 40 now where, like, I fully appreciate the idea that ain't nothing all good, ain't nothing all bad. And so the Kobe system ain't all bad. Yeah. But I'm going to need you to bring the good. The yes. good is, is the mentality. I need that right now. I need that from you right now, Jason. Well, as I get older, and this is the thing about Kobe that always got me is I have a greater value than ever for what it takes to be the dude that's willing to say, fine, it's all me. Like, uh, you remember Randolph Childress? Hell yeah. I remember Randolph Childress Childress cooking in the ACC tournament. Yes, for you youngsters, right? (laughs) Back when those conference tournaments were a shut-down-the-world thing, Randolph Childress ran through the 1995 ACC tournament with a show that none of us will ever forget. Because one thing about the ACC, and it's, it's a big thing with Wake Forest, everybody in the ACC loves Rodney Rogers because he went to Wake Forest. Nobody got no beef with Wake Forest. You know what I mean? And so Randolph Childress is playing for Wake Forest, and they ran through Duke, Virginia, and the North Carolina team that has Stack Sheed and Touche on it that went to the Final Four, right? Mm-hmm. Randolph Childress is like 5'11". Tim Duncan is on that team yep. as a sophomore. If Tim Duncan had left that year, Tim Duncan would have been the number one overall pick. But the man was Randolph Childress. And me and Hated my brother it. always remember this. I haven't seen it documented, but we remember it happening then. Randolph Childress telling the team at some point, because he scored like 40 points in two or three games. Like, it was nuts. And he tells them, man, give me the ball. If we lose, is my fault. But if we win, y'all can have it. <laughs> that's a mentality, man. That's that a gangster a right there. That's, that's what I mean about the good with the bad. Because I imagine there were people still looking at him like, you ain't that. You ain't all that. They was probably pissed. And they was upset. And had it gone wrong, they'd have been roasting Randolph. They'd have been talking behind his back to the cheerleaders later on. Like, man, we'd yep. have been okay if damn children say think he was the man. Tim Duncan, give him the ball. That's what would have been had. But you know what? The man made himself a legend. And I'm yes. never going to forget Randolph Children. We'll never Every forget. Time I hear that name. I remember my dad being heartbroken after he was cooking UNC. Yep. We'll never forget it. And by the way, let me tell you who definitely had no problem with Randolph Children's taking that role on. Tim Duncan. Timothy Theodore Duncan is not a man who's like, yo, give me the ball. Yeah. Except for that time when Carl Malone knocked David Robinson out with that elbow and Tim Duncan was like, all right, guess I got to give you 38. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a different mentality. And I think like the, the, uh, I think Big Vic has the Randolph Childress based on what I've been reading and hearing. So (laughs) he is, oh, he doesn't seem real. That seven, five low crossover game. 
That's the thing. They're like, yo, people go kill him in the post. Well, if he ever goes there, he doesn't have to do that right now. Like when Kevin Durant first hit the league, they made him a shooting guard because he couldn't go do that right then. I don't know. And again, this is mostly from me reading is from what I understand, the French league is allowed to be a lot more physical than the NBA. And from what I've seen, he ain't weak. He's just slim. So like right. I, I I like you have a special kinship with slim people. I have a special kin- kinship with slim athletes also because I was strong as shit. I never could gain weight. So I still hold the record for uh the iron turp was like a pound for pound thing mm-hmm. at Maryland. And like for my weight, I was the strongest on the team. And so like I see that in these people where it's like just because you slim don't mean people go push no. you around. Well, also. People misunderstand how big even the slim NBA player is. Like, that dude is not me. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, every time I hear about somebody that you call skinny, I'd be like, damn, really? I don't even want I don't even want y'all to ever see me. (laughs) I I, I caught a flight with Kyle Anderson once. Uh Uh-huh. And I look at Kyle Anderson as like an NBA slim dude, right? In the ways that people see that. Dog, his calves are like the size of my torso, <laughs> or at the very least, like my waist. Like yeah. these dudes are not as small as you think. And I saw some picture of Big Slim, and he had his arm out with the ball, and you could see like his pec under the jersey. Nah, don't you worry. Like it's gonna come at some point. It's like he's got a wider base too. Like I look at him kind of like I look at Chet, where Chet I don't think has the wide base as much, but Chet's a lot thicker than people realize. Nah, and even if this dude is just super skinny. He can do Kevin Durant things. Yeah. He got a sicker handle than Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's absurd. So let's say that your your strategy is to be physical with him. Go ahead and go ahead and, and put your weight on your toes and see if he don't cross you to the to your knees and then draw a double team and dunk on it or pass out of it because he can do that too. Or yes. he crosses your knees and step back and drain a three. Like he's 30%, I think, from three right now. He'll get better at shooting, but that's great. Considering all the other shit that he do. Yeah, let us also never forget the greatest quote, him talking about Scoot Henderson, oh, who looks beastly to me, by man. the way. And he says, and I quote, he would be the number one pick if I had never been born. <laughs> I did not hear him say that. I just read it. Yes. So like I I imbued it with all the attitude that I wanted it to be. But it also it's just a fact. it's just a fact it ain't a brag we're not close we ain't in the same league and scoot is a guy who's easily a number one pick yeah and by the way shout out to you brian windhorse for parlaying this into some trips to paris oh yeah well done yeah yeah he he uh yeah this is second time going out there Uh uh-huh off the strength of big vic i told you you about when i went to paris for work i went to interview coats for the playboy interview and i remember they asked me like if i wanted to do it and i was like cool and then i was like isn't he in paris And they were like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. This ain't ESPN, man. (laughs) Oh, man. And, you know, the thing about going over there for something like that, you can't just put me out there for two days and send me back because you never know. Something might have to change, a little schedule flip, whatever it is. Man, I had dinner with Coates and talked to him for about an hour the next day. And the rest of the time, I was just in Paris. (laughs) I love it, man. I'm going to ask you uh, one last thing before we get out of here, because, you know, at the time we record, we got to be a little tricky about how we deal with the Thursday night gang because we're recording before the Thursday night gang. However, I know everybody knows how I feel about Jokic, right? But I watched this YouTube video of Jokic. Did you see the YouTube video, Jokic, that I posted the other day on Twitter? Nah, I'm currently watching Randolph Childress. All right, I'm going highlights. I'm going to send you this video of Jokic um, and it's highlights. The video was put up about a year ago. So this isn't new stuff, but I am going to send it to you as you watch it, because I talked about this briefly with Adonde the other day, but I do think it is very clear that we have like a significant number of people who seem to have never actually watched Jokic play before, or at the very least were operating under the principle that the that no one has seen Jokic play before. Maybe they have, but that's how we're treating it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm putting this in the Slack channel. And I just want you to watch the things that this dude is doing and ask ourselves the question, 
where has everybody been, right? Because the thought on Jokic is somehow it's this aesthetically unpleasant game, right? Is this, you know, it's just all these fundamentals and people don't like what that is or whatever. Dog, it dude's seven feet tall, running the break, dribbling behind the back, throwing passes over his head. Like, it actually used to be more fun to watch and we wasn't doing it. And the video I just sent Dominique's title, Nikola Jokic, best passes. I just don't understand how we got, how any of us got here so late. Around the back. Oh, did you see the one where he went right behind the back left, came back right through the yeah. one-handed baseball pass, the, the, the rebound with one hand baseball pass all the way Ooh, to the other end of the floor? The no-looker, the tap pass. Oh, a series of tap passes. Oh, a no-look mid-air decision change. Yes! Around oh, it. So this is, this to me feels like somebody, you know, like back in the day, I guess modern video games are so much, so much more complex yeah. that it's not like this. But you know, if you play Super Mario Brothers enough time or Contra enough times, like you knew exactly what was coming. Yes. That's what it feels like watching him. <laughs> it's like he, he's already played this game. He already, it's very LeBron-like. And that he's expecting all the things that happen. That's the only way you can pass this quickly. Nobody thinks that quickly. No, man, I'm telling you. Anybody (sighs) that's tried to say the dude wasn't that good, you don't know what you're talking about. Like Anthony, he went behind the back on Anthony Davis with the wraparound, with the right-hand finger roll on the left side of the basket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Right now, he's giving Dwight Howard some work. Post moves. Watch out, Giannis. Ooh, so smooth. This is yo, bad audio, but y'all need to watch this. I'm just going to keep making noises. Yo, I can't help it. This is the best point that somebody made to me about Jokic. I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were so right about this. The illest thing about Jokic is, dude, he's never going to get hurt. He doesn't yeah. jump, yeah. right? He doesn't do any of the things that cause injury. We had this conversation on my podcast with Charlie about where he can end up in the all-time centers list. And part of the argument for him moving up the list is he can play this way for a long time. Like he is already playing like somebody who has lost all their explosion. Yes. (laughs) His game's not going to change. He just, maybe he won't go around (laughs) the back as much, but like he can run up numbers and be a valuable piece on a team, he can rack up championships and we're going to have to talk. That's an interesting question. How high do you think he can get to your, on your um, top five centers list by the end of his career? Here's the thing. If he has two more seasons that are like the last three, it will be unprecedented in NBA history. If they mess around and win a ring this year, right? Maybe get one next year. I mean, I don't know, but if they mess yeah. around and get a ring this year, with the level of performance that he has consistently put up, the sky's the limit, man. Mm, I, I, I mean, I'm with you, but I'm surprised. So I feel like there are certain people on the list that it's almost impossible to go past. Okay, so here, here's, here's what I'd say. Getting past Russell, we're yeah. asking for a lot. Yeah. Getting past Kareem, yeah. we're asking for a lot. Wilt becomes a bit of a weirdo, but again, we're asking for a lot for you to get past Wilt. Now we start getting into like the Akeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Shaq territory. Right. He could get past Shaq. Oh, yeah. Right. Could he could he get he past, get past Olajuwon? Okay. Okay. The trick bag with Olajuwon is Olajuwon spent his entire career coasting in the regular season. Yeah. Like and you go look at the numbers and it bears out. And then the postseason, he turns into a, a beast of all beasts. But like Moses Malone, for example, is Jokic already passed Moses Malone? That's hard to say. Moses had a run where he was the best player in the NBA. But Jokic can do all that Moses Malone stuff. Just throw it up there and go get it again. All of this. But if you keep putting up numbers like he does and you carry teams in the way that he has carried a team this year, like if they mess around and win two championships. Right. I guess we got to look at top five. I guess the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that top five is reachable. I think the the question that I guess I wanted to pin you down on is, are the other ones even attainable? Like Kareem and Russell, are they even attainable? Do he, how many championships, how many MVPs would he have to get? Or is it just kind of like they meant something different to the game so well, you can't get them? 
what makes Kareem almost impossible to pass is that Kareem was the best player in the NBA from the second he walked into the league yeah. for at least another 10 years. You can make an <laughs> argument of another 12. <laughs> like, just think about how crazy that is. That is he crazy. walked into a league where, by the way, um, Wilt Chamberlain was still good. He just walked in and was the like, I'm here now. They want he won a championship in year two with an expansion team. Uh, uh, uh. You know, like that's really, really, really hard to pass. Shaq becomes interesting because Shaq, I always feel like we're being greedy and we ask, like, Shaq never led the league in blocks, Shaq never led the league in rebounding. And it feels greedy to ask for him to do all these other things, right? Mm -hmm. But Doc Jokic is out here a beast on the glass in a way that Shaq never was. Yeah. yeah. For whatever reason. And that matters. I mean, I think Shaq is attainable. I think it's just those two names that, uh, and I never even thought about the Kareem being the best player in the NBA. We've never seen that. Yeah. Like just about any sport where somebody walks, I guess Wayne Gretzky, any it other is. sport, you don't walk in and you just the best immediately. Yeah. Michael Jordan, maybe. Yeah. And that's amazing. Well, see, I mean, I was, I, mean, we, I, we, I was 80, I was born when he got into the league. Yeah. So I don't I mean, remember we, it personally, but I mean, he walked through the door averaging 28, but we still had, we, we still had peak bird. We still had peak say, magic. Yeah. We still had very good Kareem, you yeah. know, so, but remember what Worthy said about Carolina. He has, if he was the best player on the team of the year, he won national player of the year. He's like, yeah, for a week. <laughs> he said, Jordan showed up and it was a week before he was like, oh, okay. This one, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody with Jordan. And they said, this person talked to Moses Malone, right? And basically, Jordan shot to try to highlight this woman. And she, for whatever reason, wasn't interested, which, ah, okay. Um, but Moses, you know, Moses had a little stutter. Moses was like, I'm telling the rookie, the rookie going places. And all I'm saying is, for 1984, Moses Malone to humble himself enough to be like, hey, you might want to holler at him. It's crazy. That's how cold Michael Jordan was. It's crazy when you hear that or like Bobby Knight or you hear players, people who know about the game talk about Jordan. It's the way that it's not on the level, but it's the way that you hear people talk about Big Vic. And for if it happened during that time, it's different. It's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yo, we need a center. Play Jordan at center. That's what somebody <laughs> told Portland. Do you center? Play Mike at center. That That's I mean, drafting for position in any sport, I think is kind of silly in basketball, especially. Like that's but the it, idea that that the Hornets might pass on Scoot. That to me feels stupid. No, but that era of basketball, what the center could be was completely different. And I think right. it, and they had just taken Clyde. Like it felt like they had the same dude. Counterpoint. If they had Clyde on one wing and Michael Jordan on the other wing. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point, especially in basketball. And I guess it's more so in modern basketball. Get a bunch of good players. We'll figure that Bruh. out. We'll Bruh. find a way to play around it. Bruh, if they had Clyde and Mike, Portland would have three million people right now. <laughs> We'd have all moved to Portland. Every single one of us would have moved to Portland. Or they would have had to move that franchise to the east. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would have. Yeah, because that, that, man, I can't imagine what <laughs> how the history of the NBA would have changed. And how the, you're right, like the, the economy of Portland, everything would have changed. If you imagine what happened in Chicago, which is a major, major city, if that happened in Portland, like they, I'm sure you, I don't know if you read this article in the Washington Post, but there's an article in the Washington Post about how close the Wizards came. At some point in the lottery, the Wizards, their percentage went up to 54, I think, percent because uh -huh. the numbers were being called and they had a lot of the balls left and, and they ended up dropping all the way back down to eight. But in that article, they pointed out that Vic is worth probably a billion dollars to the team over the course of his career. When he is in there, I think it's higher than that. But calculate what it means to the whole city. And we can use LeBron moving to Miami yeah. as, as an example, like to the economy of the city, to the residents of the city. It's like a college being good at football. There's yeah. a lot of shit that happens. Maryland moved up in academic rankings when the football <laughs> team and the basketball team started winning. And it's not a coincidence. Hey, let me tell you something. If Charlotte would have got that pick, Michael Jordan would have took that for sale sign down <laughs> so fast. Or he'd have left it up. It just jacked up the price. My God. Price of the brick going up, yo. Study mode. Way up. <laughs> Can you imagine 
like before Vic even plays, can you imagine what happens to the price of that team? Yeah. Mike, Mike would have took that for a sale sign down and then put that thing right back up. <laughs> Yo, I wonder how much Vic know about America, though, because when it came down to what was it? Houston, Charlotte, San Antonio. Yeah, I don't know how much he knew about America to know how much he needed to be rooting for Houston. He was, I mean, he was happy when Houston missed him. I think he don't know. Yeah, I guess that that French connection for San Antonio is strong. Yeah, I guess they 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 have done that. They have done that. But as I said before, Papa's gonna find out his whole thing. They make them different in Europe and all of that stuff. But Europe make them different than they used to now, dog. And uh, this dude right here ain't Tim Duncan. He ain't what you thought Kawhi Leonard was. Mm -hmm. He ain't no David Robinson. He ain't no Sean Elliott. Ain't, nah, he a new dude. Nah, nah. He one dudes. of these new dudes, and you're going to have to get with the program because <laughs> I don't care how many championships you won. If it come down to him or me, sorry, old man. Yeah, no, nah, Pop got one time to mother him before he learns it's a whole new world order uh, in the way that this stuff goes. He got one of those before he out here doing like Jerry Sloan, where Jerry Williams would have was like, look, it's going to be this way. And Jerry Sloan was like, cool. Yeah, I'm out. They, I don't know. They need to put, is, um, is Tony Parker on staff? It seems like they they really respect, or it seems like Big Vic really respects Tony yeah. Parker and Boris Diaw. They need to put him on a payroll. Just be yeah. there to make sure that you can translate for Pop. Like, no, he don't mean that, Big Vic. <laughs> He's sorry, Big Vic. He's do that to me too, Big Vic. That's what you I do all but, that in French. But this the other part too. Greg Popovich, a military man, and if there's anything I know about American military man, particularly of older age. They don't believe in the toughness of the French. Like, it's entirely <laughs> possible that Popovich is about to come out here with the super haze. <laughs> Dude, why, why do he? Oh, yeah, never mind. About to ask a dumb question. But, yeah, the, the, no one in the American military respects the, the French resolve. No, no, they don't. They don't. They don't. The, the people that have been colonized by France, they're like, hey, man, don't yeah. sleep. I was about to say the same thing. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> they got the same track record. That's the the country of the guillotine they, yeah they, they got real revolutions they right now they in the streets over a couple years of retirement age so i don't personally think that well, they well, well see that's what i was about to say you might not respect that french military but you better respect these uh, french people yeah. and you know they gangsters because they don't go to work on monday morning you ever go to france and you try to get some monday morning dog you might as well just wait till tomorrow they don't go to work <laughs> they ain't playing that that is uh yeah i don't know how we got brainwashed in this country but it happened. Yeah. Rise and grind, everybody. Rise and grind. <laughs> let's, let's show your worth by how hard you can work for the man. Yeah. France is like, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to find somebody else who will do it in, in, in my place? Go ahead. Look around. Yeah. We all here. <laughs> <laughs> man. On the same program, solidarity. Yes. But yo, got to let people know. Just a reminder for those of you who don't know. Uh, Monday, June 5th, 7.30 Eastern, Gramercy Theater, New York City, The Right Time Live Show with Bomani Jones. And it's a with Dominique Fosworth. We got Fosworth on the marquee, which I got to say, I don't know why y'all didn't ask me if that was cool, but it's whatever. <laughs> Dominique on the marquee, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Looking nah. forward to it. We got a nice setup. We got swag. Uh, we, we got stuff, man. This is going to be a good idea. Dominique, I thank you, of course, for oh, yeah. showing up and making this happen. We're going to have some special guests. It's going to be fun. I, the first time I heard you read the promo, I was shocked because it was like the right time with Dominique Foxworth. I was like, no, it's the right time with Bobardi Jones. And yeah. Dominique Foxworth is going to be there. But I mean, I, I take the time. Yo, I just noticed my whole damn name was off of it now that you <laughs> mentioned it. Exactly. That's all I, that. I was shocked. I think that your name is the right time. People associate the right time yeah. with you. So it's like. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. But. <laughs> You can check and see if we still got some tickets. They're going fast. www.universe.com slash Bomani NYC. www.universe.com slash Bomani NYC. So check that out. But Dominique Fosworth, check him out. Get up. Anscape, debatable, all over the place, man. I greatly appreciate you. I appreciate you, bro. All right. Now check the voicemail line. 860-516-4119. Tell us about the time you heard one of your partners spit some game that made you say, I can't believe you said that out loud, as we talked about earlier in the show. A605164119. 
And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Adi Khan, Parker, Owens, and Dan Stancic, Helen, everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.